Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about the experience of being a volunteer in the Peace Corps. I'm delighted to welcome special guest Christine Herbert. Christine was a Peace Corps volunteer in Zambia, the manager of a nonprofit organization in Nepal, and the author of The Color of the Elephant. You can learn more about Christine and her book at her website, christineherbertauthor.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Christine. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Thanks so much, Linda. It's great to be here with you today. I have been looking forward to this. I read your book and I enjoyed it very much. I thought it was an interesting story well told. And when you put those things together, it creates a beautiful experience to be able to share with someone. So thank you for putting that together. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. I love sharing my Peace Corps experiences with other people and it just feels wonderful to have the opportunity to sort of take people with me on the journey and have them see my service um, through my eyes and kind of do a Peace Corps service of their own in a way, you know, just to be able to, to see and learn what it's like to be there. I think that is beautiful. And um, let's see that going and joining the Peace Corps and doing this is a little bit of an, uh, out of character for what you usually do, right? <laughs> yeah. So maybe how did a bit your of a departure for yeah. me? Yeah. <laughs> how did your family take it? What are you? What were you? What did everyone think you were like before you made this decision? And then I'm sure they had to reevaluate. Well, I think I don't know if they thought I wasn't very adventurous. I'd always kind of been very independent and was never afraid to move away and and try something new and do something on my own. But going abroad on my own, I think, was um, seen as really quite adventurous. Um, and at the time, this takes place uh, between 2004 and 2006. And when I apply for the Peace Corps, I think it's only 2002 when I apply. It takes a while to get in. And um, it, we weren't that far away from 9-11, from the events of 9-11. And my family was very concerned about going overseas, being an American going overseas. And so they were really trying to pump the brakes on this (laughs) and try to, you know, have me see reason and all that. And I thought, no, this is what I want to do. The more they were adamant that it was not the right time for Americans to go overseas, the more I felt that it was the right time. In fact, it was the perfect time. Um, to join the Peace Corps because it's a peacekeeping and humanitarian mission that they have. And what better time when we felt like we were on the edge of war. And at that time when I went, we were, you know, in this war against terror. Um, So we really were engaging in war at that time. Um, So yeah, I didn't get a whole lot of positive response from my family. It was definitely an uphill battle. Um, to go, but I really uh, felt adamant about doing it. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Well, I would love to talk about two kinds of things. One is the the Peace Corps experience and help me to understand that more. And then the other is your particular experience. So which one do you want to go on first? Do you want to just talk about what is the Peace Corps? Should we start with that one? Yeah, let's talk about what is the Peace Corps. Um, so it's uh, simple. The Peace Corps has three main goals. Um, so the three goals, um, are to number one, help the people of interested countries in meeting their need for trained men and women. So developing countries that just don't have enough people. 
um, to help them with development. A second is to help promote a better understanding of Americans on the part of the people served, essentially letting people get to know you as an American. And the third is similar, but flip-flopped. It's to help promote a better understanding of other peoples on the part of Americans. So learning about other peoples of the world and coming back and sharing that with other Americans. So two out of the three goals here are friendship goals, really. They're cross-cultural understanding. And so uh, what a great job. You know, what job is there out there that is just to make friends, essentially? <laughs> so that it's just a really awesome. wonderful and different kind of job. Um, and then my particular assignment was uh, a healthcare assignment. So I worked in a, a group called the Community Action for Health Project. And what I did is form and train these neighborhood health committees to identify and solve their own health problems. And the community would decide the initiatives that they wanted to do. Um, and a lot of the problems that we were experiencing in the area that I went to in Zambia was uh, malaria, tuberculosis, water and sanitation, just basic water and sanitation, child and maternal health, um, and also HIV AIDS. That was a big part of what I was there to talk about. So now here you are as a representative of an American. What's the process to get accepted? I mean, I, I assume they'd have to be a little bit picky if you are a representative right. <laughs> of what our country is. Right. So you have to have um, some basic qualifications in different, you know, areas. They have ones such as like um, teaching, you know, it could be um, trying to think of all the other initiatives that there are, agriculture, um, environment, youth development, um, community economic development. So they have these different areas. Mine was a healthcare assignment. Um, so I had taken a break from my job to go to the Peace Corps, which was actually a massage therapist. And I'm doing that again now. So I'm kind of in a healthcare field to begin with. Um, but people would generally have some sort of background or education in that. For uh, to be accepted in the Peace Corps, generally you'll have a degree, uh, a college degree in some area that would relate to your assignment. However, if you have a lot of life experience in that realm, you know, you may just qualify for that as well. And they just need to make sure that you are healthy enough to serve at your post. Not every post is as remote as the one I got where I'm living in a mud hut no electricity and no running water in the middle of Africa. Some places are in a slightly more developed country, could be in an Eastern European country. So you might have an apartment that has some electricity and um, you might have better means of transport. You might have a vehicle or, or a, a motorbike or something. I just had a bicycle because, you know, you're just always living at the standard of living that everybody else is in, in your area. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what we were, what we were trying amazing. to tackle at that point. Oh, well, how you're qualified. So, right, right, right. so if you have uh, certain disabilities, um, that might not, you know, hinder you from having an assignment. One of the books that have been written about Zambia, serving in Zambia, because there's two others that I, I learned that have written been written since I've written mine. And he was deaf. He was a deaf volunteer. And he actually served and learned how to speak the local language and did all that. Don't ask me how. It's just an wow. amazing book. <laughs> but, you know, depending on, on your, you know, on your abilities, you might get different types of assignments. Um, and, and I believe the oldest volunteer was, was in her 80s. 
Um, so yeah, you in can this even be- mud hut in the middle of nowhere with no electricity in in Zambia with you, there was an angel? not not in Zambia with me, but in general, like in the history of Peace Corps, you know. Okay. So there may be other assignments where you know they would be geared more towards somebody who has that particular ability at that time. Um, but yeah, it's really, it's not just for young people. It's not just for kids right out of college. That is the, the most people who who apply are right out of college because they have the space in their lives where they're, they're not maybe quite ready to jump into the job market right after graduation. They want some time to sort things out. They might want some time to just kind of defer their student loans, um, which you can do when you're in the Peace Corps. Really? So, yeah. So it's another bonus of joining the Peace Corps. Um, but, and, and you know, it's something wonderful on your resume and people really respond to that, you know, when they see that on your resume, oh, you've served in the Peace Corps. Well, this job will be a piece of cake for you, yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever the job is, whatever knowing how challenging it is, is to serve in the Peace Corps. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. So, um, are there like, you talked about the advantage of having your loan deferred. Are there also economic advantages? Do they pay you or do you pay your own way or? So they pay your expenses, especially your medical expenses and so forth. They, they get you all set up to go. Um, and you are given a stipend to live off of while you're there. Um, and it is a stipend. <laughs> it's not like you're going to be socking money away. Um, it's very little, um, but it's enough to pay your expenses while you're there. And then when you return home, they give you a kind of a living adjustment allowance, I think they call it. And so they give you a certain number. I don't know how, how much money it is right now. Um, but it's enough to kind of get you set up to, you know, maybe get some healthcare insurance for a little while and to tide you over while you're looking for another job when you return and get your feet on the ground on the U.S. That's yeah. really cool. And did you have any say in where your assignment was or did you just kind of, they just drew your name out of a hat and stuck you in some place <laughs> on the planet? So you can uh, say that you have a preference to go to a certain area of the world, you know, you want to go to Asia, you would like to go to the Caribbean, you want to go to South America, or somewhere in Latin America, you know, you want to um, go to Africa. And that was me, I said, I've always wanted to go to Africa. I've always dreamed about it. Since I was a girl, I've always wanted to go to Africa. So if they had given me another assignment somewhere else, I I would have taken it, you know, I would have been glad to have any assignment that they would give, but I really wanted to go to Africa. So I was thrilled to get my assignment of Zambia. Of course, when I got it, I I had to get out the map immediately. I was like, great, where's Zambia? (laughs) So I had to go and find it because it does not make the news a whole lot. You know, it is a very quiet, very peaceful country. And it's surrounded by seven other countries that you've probably heard of more in the news. So, yeah, I really did have to get out the map and and find where it was. (laughs) That is amazing. And then you had to learn a new language. In fact, you learned one language, and then you had to learn another language, and you had to do a whole bunch of different things. So um, let's start talking about your experiences, because they were amazing. I mean, you had, you talk about, and and the saying is, you know, this is the, the hardest thing you'll ever love. And there are a couple of the stories throughout the book that just kind of stick out to me. And one of them is a time where you thought, I'm going home. I I cannot handle this. They're going to kick me out. I'm I'm ready to fall apart. And then someone came and and asked you some questions and you thought, okay, this is it. This is my year out of here. And the question was, are we meeting your expectations? What are your expectations? And you said, well, I expected it to be hard. 
and you have exceeded my expectations. And I thought, that is the funniest response you possibly could have given. I expected it to be hard. And you have exceeded my expectations. What a beautiful way to put things. So can you kind of walk us through where you were and what was going on? So I remember that so clearly. So it was during my training and I was having an incredibly hard day of training. Um, We were doing different tests, um, especially for our language skills at that time. And it's an incredibly stressful thing to do to try to learn your language and a whole new job in three months um, and have basically nobody speaking English to you. You're at a homestay with a family and they're instructed not to speak English to you. So you're constantly just being bombarded with another language because it's, it's intensive. It's a language intensive and um, it, it is incredibly stressful. So I go to my tests that day and I couldn't come up with even the simplest things that I just cut, you know, the tears were coming and I just couldn't stop crying. And I was just, it was just stress you know, and everyone was trying to calm me down. It's just stress. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But I was being really hard on myself. And I thought, oh gosh, I'm just a mess, you know, just crying like crazy. I cried for like three hours during the whole day of testing. And I'm like, just keep giving me the test. I'll just keep trying my best, <laughs> even though I can't stop crying. And um, yeah, when I had got back to my place, there was the leader of the Peace Corps training station. And I thought, oh boy, this is it. You know, I've tried so hard and now I'm just a mess and they're just going to send me home. You know, I was really disappointed. But what surprised me was he said they'd been getting a lot of complaints from other volunteers, the ones I thought were really holding it together and doing so well. Um, that they said it was just too hard. These conditions are too hard that, you know, the language skills are just, they're asking too much of us. And so they kind of like went up the food chain and been like, this is too hard. We can't handle it. (laughs) And where I had been like berating myself and thinking like, I'm, I can't handle it. I can't handle it. Um, just because it's too much for me, but I'm trying, I'm trying. And so I was so surprised when he said, I think it's just boils down to expectations. What did you expect this to be like? You know, (laughs) and me as a slightly older volunteer, I was in my thirties and when other people were in their twenties, I I just said, you know what? I thought this was going to be the hardest thing I ever did because the tagline for the Peace Corps PSAs when I was growing up (laughs) was the toughest job you'll ever love. And so I knew that going in, I knew this was going to be the toughest thing I ever did in my life. So that's what I told him. I was like, you know what? I just knew it was going to be hard and you've done it. (laughs) Well done. Good job. Because this this definitely is it. And he was tickled. He just couldn't stop laughing. It was really funny. So he was thrilled and went, went on his way. And then, and I was like, wow. And I, I realized at that moment that that's when I had really made the commitment to stay. When I really thought they might be getting me on the first plane home, I really wanted to dig my heels and be like, no, this is hard and I'm going to do it. I'm here to do this. I want to do this. Um, And I just really decided like that was my moment, I think. Yeah. That I really knew that I was going to do whatever it took to stay in for my full assignment. And what a beautiful and incredible message you have. And I love looking at the different angles of putting things because what you did was hard. It was very hard. And for some, the response was, 
this is hard, make it easier for me. And for you, it was, this is hard, how do I make myself equal to the task? And part of that could have been from your maturity, and part of it is maybe just your personality. But what a beautiful message. I mean, if just that one little golden nugget is the only thing that someone gets out of this book and out of today's conversation, that is awesome. Very well done, Christine. Thank you. It's just been such a a labor of love to bring my experience of being in the Peace Corps to readers. It's just been wonderful. It's been a hard road, just like being in the Peace Corps, becoming a writer, (laughs) becoming a published author was a real journey. And it, there was just a lot of, like they say, blood, sweat, and tears, you know, <laughs> of course. And- but it was so worth it. Um, just to hear how my story has touched people and inspired them. And so many readers have come forth and said, I, I, this changed me, you know, this affected me so deeply. I've read it several times. I've got my friends reading it now, my family reading it now, and we're all talking about it. And And it just feels so wonderful to know that my story is touching people on that level. Isn't that amazing? So your service is continuing, not only the people that you were working with, but now anyone who happens to pick it up and especially those that it just resonates with. That's awesome. Now, I loved the title. I thought it was interesting. It was a little bit of a mystery to me as I was reading. I thought, why is it the color of the elephant? I thought you were going to have some encounter with an elephant. And then I found out, you're the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I have to tell people, sorry, there are no elephants in this book. It sounds like it's going to be. <laughs> it is It is in Africa. I do actually, you know, see elephants when I'm there, but not in my, in my village during my service. Um, but yeah, I talk about race being the elephant in the room a lot of times. Um, and we don't want to discuss it. Uh, we kind of dance around it because a lot of times we're afraid to say the wrong thing or afraid to appear ignorant. Um, and when I was in Africa and I was now the minority, I wondered if people would do that kind of same dance around me about my whiteness. And it was not like that at all. People always brought it up. <laughs> people always pointed it out and they actually kind of celebrated it. You know, it wasn't something to be ashamed of or to kind of shy away from. We talked about race a lot and the differences. Um, and so that was really interesting to to discover that. So in the book, I think I say it, maybe it depends on the color of the elephant, whether or not it's the elephant in the room. Yeah. I think it has to do with culture and training of what our mm. expectations are. And I think if we are looking for an opportunity to be offended, we're going to find it. And isn't it lovely that the people that you were with were not looking for an opportunity to be offended and you were not looking for an opportunity to be offended. And so instead it became an opportunity to let's learn about each other. We're different, but that's really cool. So teach me about you and let me teach you about me. And that's really what you said the message of the Peace Corps is, is let's learn about each other and do it with mutual respect. And part of that sometimes includes acknowledging the elephant in the room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it was always interesting. There'd always just be little moments, just regular everyday life where you'd find these differences and you kind of explore these differences like, 
you know, maybe, maybe women one day that were, you know, doing each other's hair or something, you know, <laughs> and I'm helping them maybe do some braids or something. And I'm like, Ooh, this is really different. And then they're like, let me try yours. Yours is so, you know, so wonderful. And then they try to braid it and it's all slippery and they don't know what to do. And they're like, ah, I hate this. Like I can't do anything <laughs> with this hair. It's, <laughs> it's like, you know, the grass always seems greener kind of, but then, you know, you learn things, you know, and sometimes you really do have to be very intimate with other people like that. You know, that's a very intimate act, you know, braiding each other's hair and, and just really, you know, it gives you that opportunity that you may not normally have in your day to day life, you know, to, to really learn something about somebody else. Yeah. That is lovely. So there were a couple other experiences that kind of stuck out to me. And one is the worm that was crawling around <laughs> in your skin, gross, <laughs> and that you got malaria three times. So yeah. you had some pretty serious health issues. How'd you get rid of the worm? You you started saying that you were going to go to the clinic, but then I guess yeah. I just assumed it I, went away. I didn't. I actually never got rid of that. So <laughs> it just eventually died. Gross. <laughs> so I had this worm living in my leg for six months and then it died and then my body just absorbed it. So it's, uh. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I was slightly horrified hey. as well when I was told, no, you don't get those out. It, it just stays there. And I said, what? <laughs> What do you mean? So that's my souvenir that I get to take back with me. Um, but yeah, the parasites are just a fact of life out there, you know? Um, so there's all manner of parasites. I don't even go into all of them, but, but yeah, malaria was a big one for me. And even though I was taking the malaria prophylaxis to give me a certain level of protection in my blood, um, I still got it every year. I got it three times during my 27 months, I got it like every spring there. So yeah, that was, that was a hard one for me. That was definitely the sickest I'd ever felt in my life. It's a, it's a terrible disease and it's a really hard one to, um, to address and to eradicate. And then for malaria, how do you get rid of that? Um, so I was given some kind of <laughs> chemical, I suppose, um, to try to kill all the, you know, whatever was left living in my liver and so forth. But, um, and I haven't had any trouble since. So, you know, fingers crossed that's the oh, case, good. but you know, you do, I don't know if you're ever really cured. I mean, they gave me that and said, you should be good. But then they told me, don't give blood for 10 years. <laughs> so I thought, well, wait, I'm cured, but my blood is poisoned to other people. What is this? <laughs> um, so- <laughs> I'm glad I'm they were to able to treat that, that it wasn't like the worm where it's, well, just deal with it. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, some of those, when I read some of those, I thought, hmm, I'm glad I'm experiencing this through a book and not in real life because yeah. dang. <laughs> you get to learn something, but you don't have to deal with the effects. Yeah. And that's, that's one of the, the fun things about having sort of an armchair adventure, right? You yeah, get to go on the, the adventure much. and learn with me, but you don't have to deal with all the after effects of <laughs> all mm-hmm. the, all the parasites that I have to deal with. Yeah. It's, it's a safer adventure for sure, but one that I hope people feel is worth taking. Oh, you yeah. did a great job. Um, one more that I just thought was really cute was when you painted the cows. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, why did you paint the cows? What did they do? Um. <laughs> so do you want to explain there were cows and they were not where they were supposed to be and they were destroying people's crops and causing yeah. issues everywhere and you woke up and... Yeah. So there were these uh, people that had these cows and um, I think they just couldn't afford to feed them or didn't want to feed them or something and would just let them out every night and they would just eat all of our crops and, you know, uh, 
damage our property. It like totally stomped all over my chicken house. I had to build a new one. And, uh, and I kept telling the people, I was just like, you have to tie up your cows. And they would say, no, they're not our cows. They're, they're your neighbor's cows. And like, <laughs> I'm not a cow expert, but their cows were black and white. They had these big old horns and my neighbor's cows are brown cows and they have these short little horns. And I was like, <laughs> I think I can tell the difference. And I'm telling you, they're not. <laughs> And so one night they came back and I had been painting the inside of my house and paint is a strong word. I like, this is very weak paint. You know, you like sneeze on the wall and it'll slide right off. So it was like <laughs> very water soluble. So I don't want people to think I'm torturing cows, but anyway, I, I had this like blue and uh, purple and green, I think. And so I like kind of painted up their cows one night cause they were on the property again. And, and then at, at, at basically at the end of the story, it's kind of like, tell me now that those aren't your cows. <laughs> Yeah, I love the way you put that. Uh, and that. We never had a problem after that. I yeah. mean, that was an insane thing that I did because it was just pushed to the edge and it was like the middle of the night and I was just done, you know. And then I really thought again, I was like, man, they're going to kick me out of Peace Corps for this one because that was that was kind of <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, we, we actually never had a problem. So who knows? I probably saved other people's crops <laughs> in the long run just by doing that. Yes, but and yeah, you a so lot of great. what I talk about are kind of my things that I've done that I was not proud of. And that, that was one of them. I'll have to say it's a funny story, but it's not that I was proud of doing it. I have to tell you, you know, <laughs> it's embarrassing, but I think people get that, you know, that, you know, everyone's had a meltdown moment. Everyone's done things that they're not proud of. And I think it's something relatable when people can read that in your story. And they can just shake their head and be like, oh, I know that feeling. I've been there. I've been over the edge. <laughs> Absolutely. That is fantastic. Oh, Christine, thank you so much for visiting with me today. Is there anything that you want to make sure that we cover before we finish today? Uh, I would say uh, for any folks out there that have read it or are interested in reading it, and they're a member of a book club, I would love to connect with you. I would love to do an author Q&A, kind of like what we're doing today. Um, so, and we're living in this age of zoom, uh, where people are just really used to being able to do this and dial somebody in remotely. And, and I would just love to do that. That would be a really fun addition to your book club meeting. So please do reach out. Yeah. And do they connect with you through your website is your. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Christineherbertauthor.com or just directly through email, christineherbertauthor at gmail.com. Wow. That's fantastic. Well, Christine, thank you. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. I really appreciate your time today, Linda. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by John F. Kennedy. He said, But if the life will not be easy, it will be rich and satisfying. For every young American who participates in the Peace Corps, who works in a foreign land, will know that he or she is sharing in the great common task of bringing to man that decent way of life, which is the foundation of freedom and a condition of peace. Today, I invite you to live a rich and satisfying life that includes some form of service and adventure. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, 
build confidence and self-esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed, A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This, an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.